We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Final NFL playoff contest over at Underdog Fantasy. That's what we're doing today on Road of His Overtime. We're drafting in the Gauntlet 2. We are jumping in and trying to attempt Sean to win that $50,000 top prize. Obviously, this show coming your way on Friday the 12th of January. We're recording this one Thursday afternoon on the 11th of January. And we're just a couple of days away, Sean, from what is now Super Wildcard Weekend. They, they, it used to be wildcard weekend now it's even bigger but uh i'm pretty excited because my packers will be playing i know they're heavy underdogs versus the dallas cowboys with your chiefs also playing and what looks to be going to be you, you hinted at this earlier this week tragic weather conditions i think uh but we'll talk more about the games i guess as we get into the show we'll be doing our draft in a moment but the main focus is going to be looking a little bit at the start of sean's article it is priming you if you are drafting any of these contests over the next couple of days. He mentions all the best options for exploring exploiting underdog playoff ADP ahead of the wildcard round. So, Sean, before we get into the article and the draft, gotta be pretty excited for for this weekend. The playoffs being here, I always think that the you know it's all between the divisional and the conference round. They're both you know I, I like the divisional round because there's there's more games, obviously. But once the playoffs happen, it's just the the hype ramps up every week. This should be this should be a lot of fun. Yeah, you mentioned the divisional round. Obviously, a round that includes the two favorites with the 49ers yeah. and the Ravens. I I'm excited. I mean, we have some great games this week. You mentioned the Packers, the Chiefs, Dolphins, even with that weather. And you mentioned the weather. I mean, I have family members in Kansas City who are, you know, a little worried just about the the weather for you know normal life reasons there it is going to be rough but we have an eagles buccaneers game that is lower profile but should be kind of fun we have a browns texans game that i think projects to some fireworks and i mean you've got this incredible joe flacco narrative with a very strong uh cleveland browns team otherwise and then you have the best story in football with CJ Stroud and the Texans. So many cool games happening this week, including a game with the Detroit Lions and the Los Angeles Rams, where you have two power teams there. 
even some, you know, as we record at least, even some mutters that maybe Laporta could play a little bit in that game. I hope that they hold him out and that the Lions are able to defeat the Rams anyway. And then they get after the Cowboys or, you know, the Cowboys are just gone and they have maybe the Buccaneers in round two with your Packers, obviously in the case where they pull an upset, they would be heading to the 49ers. So it's going to be a tough path for green Bay, but again, so many great games. Speaking of great games, if you haven't played a ton of underdog yet, they have contests in the playoff version going right now go to the article i have the entry the first place and then how it works advancing through those contests obviously column depending on how many teams get through each round might cause a few tweaks to how you build your lineup obviously we've had quite a bit of fun content here i've written about it a number of times you and i did a show on it recently i was able to join blair when we had a great discussion with sacrilegious on the fantasy football report so many things you can go to there to you know, calibrate yourself and figure out how you want to put these teams together. But Colin, the big thing that we're looking at now that we have the playoff matchups set and we have new ADP is that the continued collapse of the Eagles and the injuries that they have, the question marks. And it seems like all of the players will actually play at least again you know, as we record this on Thursday, but Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, maybe none of those guys are 100%. And then you have a situation where DeAndre Swift has not been a huge impact player of late. You put that together with the fact that their defense has been one of the worst in football. And Colin, the Eagles do not look like a power team. You also have a situation with the Miami Dolphins where their injury issues have been, you know, more or less apocalyptic. They have some questions with. Jalen Waddle with Raheem Mostert. It does again sound like those guys will play, but maybe not in a way that makes quite the same impact for you. But really the defensive side of the ball is the story there where they had a defense that caused a lot of problems for people. And especially in certain circumstances, so many injuries to where it's just not the same team. So now this idea that the Dolphins, especially after they fall, to the sixth seed and they have to go on the road to the chiefs they're going to be having to go on the road to other elite places if they advance that makes them a less interesting team in a contest like underdog where you need to have the right team build in the super bowl to win big and then the third team there i think with laporta going out with the issue where they aren't able to secure the number two seed in part because of the officiating that the lions are less interesting and column when you have Jalen Hurts, Tua, and Jerry Goff all becoming less interesting to the point where, I mean, I've seen Jerry Goff not drafted at all in the ten rounds. I've seen Tua go extremely late. You will get Hurts extremely late. That has an impact on the rest of the ADPs. Obviously, has an impact overall, but it also very specifically has an impact on what you can now do with the five elite quarterbacks who remain. It really does. And you mentioned some of the injuries and and looking at the injury reports and, you know, looking up different information and news, it is just a case that there is so many of these teams who I'm sure are, are very envious of the 49ers and the, the Ravens with that buy, because even both of those, you know, Christian McCaffrey and uh, Zay Flowers, you know, for example, players on both those rosters who are trying to 
get as close to 100% as they can before next weekend. But Miami, you mentioned the defensive side of the ball, a number of key players lost for the season, late in the season. And, and just looking around the board, even with the Packers, you know, you've, when you're setting up some of these contests, you know, you've Christian Watson, Willie won't play, Dobbs, Willie won't play, Jalen Reed has had his injury issues. There's just so many players around the board as we record this on Thursday. No training today or no practice today for AJ Brown. So, questions as well with Devontae Smith, but he is practicing. So, just so many questions around. And you mentioned Sam Laporta. I think it's a case that that's probably just to, you know, keep the opponent trying to have to use all their resources to plan for. But the one thing, Sean, that I do think is obviously greatly positive since we recorded on Monday is, you know, it's not one of, like, you know, it's not an ACL tear or an MCL. It's not a, surgery requiring injury which at that time when we recorded on monday that was still the fear so that is positive and if you're playing and setting those lineups all those things come into your discussion particularly as well if you're playing over at the ffpc they do have the ffpc playoff challenge back for its 21st season there's two great contests the same awesome format there's no draft no salary choose 12 players from the 14 teams and watch them ride through the playoffs the 200 contest has a record $500,000 top prize. That is one half of a million dollars. And the $35 contest has a $100,000 jackpot. Registration is open through kickoff this Saturday, January 13th at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. The pool is filling fast. Head on over to myffpc.com. But Colin, what's the second prize that people are going to be competing for after you and I win? the half million. We did a couple of shows on that earlier in the week, have an article that will be out as people are listening to this. Can't say enough about this contest. Colin, we we enjoy both of these so much every year. You know, we just check what the first prize is and we, we leave it from there. All joking aside, though, it is like, uh, that is a joke, but it is vitally important as well. We talk about the advanced structures in these, and one of the things I like about a lot of this best ball contest over at the FFPC is the, the payout structure and them as well. But just checking up for you here, Sean, in terms of that second place prize, because there is quite a, a tail off. It is $100,000 to second, $50,000 to first, so it is quite top heavy. But if you're in the top 25, it's two and a half thousand dollars upwards so make sure you're in the top 25 and you'll be pretty happy with your 10x payout and that one but sean back to the article and looking at what we're focusing on for this particular draft you have touched on quite a few bits of it there but one of them being that it does look like baltimore may be the answer to all your draft questions the other part is you mentioned the the draft collapse or the collapse of some of the kind of potential secondary juggernauts and then even with that the weather concerns i guess even though it would only be for one week between miami and kansas city and then the adp has been impacted because while you potentially could get values on players two weeks ago who maybe now have either got in and their extreme values are missed out different question marks around how players will be involved in the nfl playoffs themselves that makes it very tricky to build some of these teams with the current ADPs as they have settled uh, post week set post week eighteen. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Colin, as we look at the top three players in this contest, do you have a preference for the way to play it? One of the things that I mentioned in the piece is that it is a little bit easier to chart your course if you select Lamar Jackson, because you know you have the Ravens as the framework. You know you have your QB. You don't have to be worried that other drafters are going to break your lineup. One of the things that has been very interesting to me is that over the last couple of days, I've drafted a lot of teams where I took either McCaffrey or Lamb, and none of those five quarterbacks came back. I also have leagues where I've drafted Prescott or Patrick Mahomes in the third, fourth, or fifth rounds. So for those two players specifically, you can get a very wide range in terms of where they fall to you in any given draft. You're sort of hoping that if you start with McCaffrey or Liam, that, you know, A, that you could get maybe a Brock Purdy to come all the way back, but B, that if you have Liam, maybe you could push Prescott. Certainly, if you do, you're hoping to not have someone jump out and take the two QBs. One of the things that you can't really control in this contest, but you hope for is that there isn't a wild card drafter in there who is maybe building a team that is not optimal for themselves, but also creates a lot of problems for other managers in the draft. Sean, this is uh, the listeners are probably, you know, especially the ones on Twitter are shouting at their devices at the moment because th- this last week, this feels like that has been the, the discourse on Twitter. You have put it much more uh, kindly than, than some of that Twitter discourse around people just uh, jumping in and, and ruining these drafts for everyone else. Yeah, you, you have to, to keep that in mind. So I've, I've pushed it and gotten lucky and built teams that I do think are fairly powerful compared to what's usually available. I've pushed it and missed. And so then you're taking some pretty long shot types of builds, but you do know how you would recover and at least maximize the chances if those long shots do happen. But I think we're essentially looking at two different types of pieces here. One is that you're building Ravens, and then off of that, you have these two games. And again, it's going to be more than one round. But when you're looking at the Dallas Cowboys, you're looking at the Detroit Lions, if you still have some confidence in them without Laporta. That's one of the things that really has shifted for me is that the Lions are probably my favorite play. Once you remove Laporta, Not only does it decrease their chances for winning that in multiple games, but it also ruins the depth that the Lions had to give you multiple kind of outs as you go through. So if you're playing Ravens, then it really needs to be in all likelihood some type of Cowboys or 49ers off of that 
you're excited that those games at least initially have Cowboys, Lions, and potential shootouts with the weather not being as much of an issue. If you're going with McCaffrey or Lamb to start, then it's very difficult now that Josh Allen is more or less in the first round, certainly not coming back to you hardly ever. So you can't really play those teams with the two star QBs in the AFC, which I think makes them a lot less appealing. Obviously, you can play Lamb with Dak Prescott, but I think the Kansas City Chiefs are the team there that you have to really plan for overperformance and you have to draft as though they're going to overperform. Column, the Chiefs have a very wide range of potential outcomes because they do still have the vast majority of the key pieces that they won a Super Bowl with last year. Certainly that they've been the dominant team with in the AFC for multiple years. They've dropped a huge number of passes. It's cost them a lot of games. It's changed how people look at them, but their defense has actually improved. They also now go into a situation where, and I'm not even necessarily saying this is guaranteed to be a good thing, but when you look through the AFC and as it develops, the Chiefs are not going to be a favorite. They're going to have a little bit less pressure than they've had both in past postseasons, but also during this season, where as soon as you loosen up and are like, you know, we didn't end up with the one seed. We blew it. We allowed the Ravens and the Bills to get ahead of us there. We're going to be an underdog. If the Chiefs are actually still the best team in the AFC going forward, I don't think that would shock people. So I, I think that that's the way. So you have a couple of different paths. Do you have a preference when we look at McCaffrey, Lamb, and Jackson as the top three guys? Anybody stand out there as someone that you have to click on if you get a chance to get them? Yeah, I think it's in that order. I think it's McCaffrey, Jackson, and then Lamb. I think the reason... Um... It's tricky with the Jackson one missing out in the first week as well. The advantage is you're going to get them in that that second round. But I, I do like them in that order. So depending on if you're in first, second, or third spot, I think that's the way it's probably going to play out. We'll see, Sean, typically here, maybe we'll end up with the, the fifth or sixth. We've been getting the, the back draw on some of these contests. But the part before we get into the draw, they want to hide it. You do mention a couple of tactics. And sometimes, Sean, we, you know, we forget to just share the simple stuff when we're doing it you mentioned this at the start of the article but it's so vital to build a team that's going to give you a full super bowl lineup because that's the goal you're going to draft a lot of teams in this contest that are going to be not the winner they're going to be dead on arrival you know after the the wild card weekend here but building teams that give you that full five person starting lineup so one quarterback one running back two wide receivers are tight end and then one flex but the other part is how you build those teams so build the team's try and keep the players away from each other as long as possible you mentioned creating squads with exposure to two three or four nfl teams with no more than two in the same contest so you're trying to avoid basically eliminating your players as you move forward the longer you can keep them in the better and then avoid players who will face off in the first or second round so that then once you start from who you take at that first pick it's really going to determine a lot of what you try and do the rest of the draft now that may seem obvious in terms of stacking if you get christian mccaffrey you want brock party if you get cd lamb you're going to want to try and get Dak prescott at some point but it's that part about who you want to pair them with and who you want them to face off against and the thing that you mentioned there when you're looking at the afc side of things i, I 
think the Chiefs point that you made is is very valid because it's really the Chiefs. I think the teams outside of the Ravens that that get there rather than the Ravens will be the Chiefs or the Bills. And I think based on price, I, I really like what you can get with the discount on both the quarterback and then some of the other auxiliary pieces. Um, and those lineups, for example, Rasheed Rice going off the board in the fifth round, Diggs usually going off the board in the third round, Mahomes going off the board in the third round, Jackson going off the board in the first round. There's a lot of ways that you can play that second offense at a discounted cost. So if you can get the 49ers or you can get the uh, Cowboys off that, uh, I think it gives you a lot of pieces from two potential teams then to, to pair off in the Super Bowl at relatively affordable costs. And the, the other part, you know, is that the offenses that are falling off a little bit that you mentioned, like Jalen Hurts with the finger injury, some of his players injured, banged up, heading into this week, even if they do play, and then the team has been struggling offensively over the last you know, eight weeks or so. And then you also have the Miami Dolphins, who are you know, also very banged up, and there's lots of issues that they're playing against. I guess what you'd be saying there is you're, you're putting your bet on the, the Chiefs side of things, but I, I kind of like how you've set that up. Um, and I, I think that trying to target the, the Chiefs along with either the uh, the 49ers or the Dallas Cowboys. And, and because of that, the questions you asked previous about what I prefer, Lamar Jackson side or the other two guys, uh, you know, with the tactics of trying to get into the Chiefs later on, I think that makes it more optimal to go with one of the other two in those opening picks. We'll jump in the or is there anything, Sean, before we jump in the draft you wanted to add in finally on the article? Or will we talk about the the magic portion that you mentioned later in it during the draft? Yeah, we'll see kind of how that goes. One of the things that does heavily determine now, because things are so much more defined than they were even very recently, the draft slot that you get. Column, I managed to do a huge chunk of teams in the last couple of days and land almost exclusively either one through three or six and then the additional teams where i got five josh allen went before that so building through buffalo hasn't been something that i've had as many opportunities to do it'll be interesting to see if we get that today the bills are also fun in their own way especially if you want to fade stefan Diggs, which i think is the way to do it because then you can get cook you can get that nfc complement and you have players like kincaid and shakir late who yeah i mean they're not nearly as inexpensive as you would like or they would have been recently but they are viable options to still allow you to do some other things and especially if you have a team without bi-week players and one of the possibilities that you would go with with josh allen would be to come back with at least 149er but if you do that then having to spend middle round picks on Kincaid and Shakir doesn't necessarily keep you from having the overall punch on your lineup that gives you a chance to win. So we'll dive into it here. We'll see what we have to do specifically with our draft slot in order to give ourselves a chance. Call them what is your guess what what slot will we have today 101 influencer 101 sean that's what we need to get here i think after what we talked about it would be ideal we get the 104 that the thing is sean if 
Josh Allen would potentially go one spot earlier than normal. That might open us up to better picks throughout the rest of the draft. So we've talked about Christian McCaffrey, CD Lamb, or Lamar Jackson. We did also mention Josh Allen. The other thing, Sean, you could potentially do at that point is take one of the 49ers. What's well, a little bit tricky. You would almost need, want to take Brock Party and hope that one of the 49ers receivers would come back. The difficulty is if you take Debo Samuel or Branton Ayuk, one of the drafters after you can do the Brock Party Branton Ayuk part, which is another difficult step in the the draft process here as you're looking through it. But I think that if if the first three go as we expect, it probably needs to be Josh Allen. How do you feel? Yeah, this can be a Josh Allen. It can be a Brock Purdy. Either of those teams. How do you feel about that challenge of if you take you know Brock Purdy and you possibly miss out on? the two 49ers before they get back to you even at that any concerns with that in terms of building out a full lineup for the Super Bowl through the 49ers yeah I think that there is the benefit of pushing one of well Colin we're going to get Lamar Jackson here at the 104 so he slides to us we'll go ahead and click that but you can take the 49ers receiver try and push Purdy if you get both of the 49ers receivers because Purdy goes without one of the players. Then you have it set up for 49ers Chiefs. Ideally, you're really kind of at the mercy of other drafters if Mahomes goes before you get that shot in round three. We know his ADP right now about 14 overall. So by taking Lamar Jackson, we do have this Ravens build. We have a lot of things opened up to us in terms of how to maximize for both first-round advance and subsequent-round advance. Column, this here would seem to be pretty clearly Zay Flowers to me. I write about that a little bit in the article. You can try and pivot to a George Kittle, but uh, that's a lot thinner. Yep. No, I think it has to be starting in that direction. And what you could look to do is, you know, Diggs goes in the next pick, then it's probably going to be the, the Hill Kittle Dak Prescott range to see if Mahomes will potentially get back to us. But there's also the potential that you could see a Kittle get back to you, and then that will become potentially interesting if Mahomes was gone. If it's a case here that Mahomes comes back, is he your preference? Then who are some of the, the secondary options that you would look to here in the, the third round to to build out the team? Well, once we have Jackson, we're looking at Cowboys and Lions and Rams as the interesting and potentially affordable pieces on the other side. So Kittle does go. It removes that possibility of trying to build out both Ravens and 49ers, which would obviously give you an extremely potent Super Bowl combination, which then you'd be pivoting off of to try and advance in the first round when you get into the second half of drafts column i think that this is a bet on the team that is going to advance from lions rams in that first game the rams might be more powerful overall the lions might have it a little bit easier early on who do you like one let a fellow buster onto jamar gibbs <laughs> i didn't know if you're going to make the change that was going to be my preference you had them shipped up with Williams and obviously then on the other side, Jamar Gibbs. So we take Gibbs. I feel in this situation, Sean, with um, 
uh, we talked about this a little bit, and I know you mentioned the Rams potentially beating out the Lions this week, but I I still feel like uh, the Lions will do it, and and Laporta potentially being out, I think it will be an advantage as well for for Gibbs. The only downside to get like if Gibbs was in a situation where he didn't have David Montgomery, I think he's going in that you know the second round, for example. It's just we're in a situation here where he's splitting that workload. Pacheco goes, Hill goes. So we will be back up in two picks. Williams may still be available though, Sean, but we do want players who are facing off against each other. Are you looking towards Rice or Kelsey here? Both of those names available. We are after going with, and, and Williams did go off the board. We went with the Lions so that we kind of rule out the likes of Puka in this situation and Cooper Cup. Who are some of the names that we're, we're chasing here at this particular point? I know if it was me personally, I would... And again, I know I've mentioned Chiefs there earlier on. I'm a, I'm after uh, going through the realization, Sean, that we we took the AFC quarterback in the first round. So you can ig- ignore my suggestions there. Player wise, my favorite player here would be Rice. But who who makes the most sense at this particular point as we're sitting on the clock? Yeah. So let's go ahead with Rice here, who is far and away the best player available and gives us a chance to build potentially a three-team lineup or a four-team lineup where we have Ravens, Chiefs, Lions, and then you know possibly even your Green Bay Packers there. Obviously, those two teams are not set up to play off against each other. That gives us this mix of potential elite Super Bowl lineup with an advanced situation that is palatable, maybe not ideal. The other thing that you can do is you can wait a little bit more and go with the Cleveland Browns and hope that the Dolphins spring the upset against the Chiefs so you don't even have Ravens-Browns squaring off in that next round. Colin, we do have to start adding additional pieces from the Ravens at some point. Gus Edwards is sitting there. He's not as well an extremely exciting pick and yet if you don't you're going to have the unexciting pick of justice hill or even dalvin cook at the very end of the draft we also have david montgomery sitting out there i don't think it's impossible to play those lions backs together in terms of how they might help you even in the same round they've scored together but could help you through consecutive rounds as the Lions continue to advance, and certainly we're playing them as the potential NFC Super Bowl participant in this draft. Isaiah likely, unfortunately, goes. That's, I would argue, sort of a, a mini dagger for us. Who do you like at the running back position? I think it makes sense here to go Gus Edwards, unless you want to lock up the entire Detroit backfield. Um, I would lean towards edwards we did mention that we didn't want mahomes mahomes still available here in the fifth round could be interesting if it continues to last but i think we go with with edwards and then try and come back with some detroit players a little bit later and then try and get some of the late options like maybe a bitman go along here with the raven side the the likely pick would have been an absolute no-brainer there for me if he had admitted those two additional picks so that one is disappointing mahomes goes off the board one pick later and that was what we were talking about with the other two teams the ability to potentially go with the cowboys or the 49ers and then at this point you know if you're if you're getting Mahomes in the the fifth round i mentioned in the the preview portion at the start that you know sometimes going in the third round 
goes at the 29th pick, the 505. You know, being able to build out a team through that is is very, very exciting if you can do it with the Cowboys or the 49ers. Sean, we are back on the clock. Some of the options here on the Lions side, for example, Williams, Laporta. I think it would probably be Williams based on I don't know what the actual likelihood is. Are you confident that we might see Sam Laporta either this week or if they advance next week? I guess what I'm feeling is I'm I'm not that optimistic. Yeah, I think that I think he's going to play in the second round. I also think he's going to last until the end. The same thing would be true with a Mark Andrews. So the question then, you know, it does do sound we... with Andrews too. I could be this could be again wrong. It does sound like it's only super it's Super Bowl or nothing in terms of his recovery. It feels like at the moment. So we'll see at the, right. the very very end with that one, but. Laporta definitely in terms of like trying to I mentioned you know earlier that the likelihood is your team isn't going to win this contest so like it it may be a case that the Laporta pick is a wasted pick but if you have a chance to add him and he is back sooner and and can have an impact you know I think it's a a real you know dart throw lottery pick whatever you want to call it that that you could add into a, a team here where you're building through some off the Detroit Lions since we picked last Jalen Hurts, Devon A. Chain, David and Joku, Joe Flacco, Ferguson have gone off the board, Gabe Davis off the board. We are now up and on the clock again. Some of the options in the queue, Edwards Alaire, Bateman, Reed, Aaron Jones, Sam Laporta. Some of those Packers names pretty pretty interesting potentially. I guess I have more confidence in Aaron Jones out of the two of them. I feel like he'll get the majority of the work in the passing game. And he doesn't get a huge amount of receiving work, but I, I think that he if it is a t- case that they are behind, that would be amplified as well. Um, but has gone over 100 yards and I believe his last three contests um, since returning from injury. So that gives us another running back. We now have Gibbs, Edwards, and Aaron Jones. I guess we're building this through the Super Bowl, Sean. So the, the hope is that Edwards is our, our Super Bowl running back. Three running backs up. Edwards Lairs, another option that's in the queue for later. Is it a case that at three we want to fill out the other positions or, or what's your plan for the rest of the draft here? Yeah, so we have Jared Goff going and that's not necessarily a huge shock. He fits with the Patrick Mahomes team that selected Amon Ra in the second round. I would have preferred, if that's me, to rely on Mahomes. But with it falling that way, we're now looking at Jordan Love as pretty clearly the guy who will get us through since Lamar Jackson is obviously on the bye in that first week. So we go ahead and take Jaden Reed there. We have Reed and Jones. When we're thinking about building full Super Bowl lineups, we have Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, and Zay Flowers off of the Ravens. This ideally would be Jordan Love and then a Ravens player in the final round column. I mentioned Rashad Bateman's combination of vertical ability and sort of interesting target profile over the last, say, six weeks as someone who maybe does a little bit more in this contest than really any other type of situation where you almost certainly couldn't play him what are your thoughts on bateman versus say an odell beckham jr i i feel it's very difficult to 
know which one of those two is going to have a week where they're going to get in the lineup. But so for me, it's kind of 50 50, and the decision has been made. Odell Beckham went off the board. I would lean towards Bateman. Uh, reading some reports today that Bateman at the start of the season came in with more severe injuries, I guess, even <laughs> we thought they were severe. Uh, it seems like the reporting is that the team thought that he may not be available this season at all so i guess he's worked his way through all that they thought it might require another surgery so i think it's for him now to to get to this point and i just think the upside with him is is higher and um, some of the stuff you point out in the article too obviously leaning towards that we know we have seen some flashes from odell at points this season but yeah i would be going with bateman um but if bateman had gone then we'd have been looking to fill out the lineup we probably would have went with odell beckham i did after that uh kind of long ramble uh Bateman would have been my pick so it worked out that obj went off the board we do get jordan love sean that was i think four picks ago um but i've continued to talk here so we the one thing i think will be interesting to look after this is the lions that we did take what options alternative options now that we filled out to be a, more of a packers team than a lions team and um, what options we could have potentially taken at those spots so It'll be fun to have a recap of the draft board here. We do take Bateman with that pick in the 10th round. Sam Laporta did go off one pick before, so we had kind of pivoted to that it was going to be a Baltimore side to fill out that Super Bowl lineup because one of the things you would like to do is be building you know, two teams that you're thinking are both going to potentially meet each other in the Super Bowl with the lineups. You know, it could be a Lions or Packers in the Super Bowl, but it feels like it's a little bit less likely than if it was one of the, the other preferred options like we talked about earlier in the the Chiefs combination with the, the Cowboys and the 49ers. But Sean, how are you feeling here with this roster as we get Lamar Jackson at fours, a Flowers, Gibbs, Rice, Gus Edwards, Jamison Williams, Aaron Jones, Jaden Reed, Jordan Love, and then we finish it off at the very end with Rashad Bateman. I think it's pretty interesting the way it's played out and how it's filled out. We did get the advantage of Jackson going that little bit later. I do like what the team in three has also done. They were the Josh Allen team. They got Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Swift, Jalen Hurts, Gabe Davis, who looks like he's going to miss this week, but then Dallas Goddard, Branton Cooks. I, I think that's a, a very constructed team there. How do you feel about our team, though, before we mention anything about any other rosters? I love the way that this has come together because we have the pieces off of the Ravens that I'm really targeting. Now, the way that the draft could have fallen a little bit better would be to also get Isaiah likely. Yeah. If you get likely, if you push Edwards around, which I do think, you know, certainly when you've already blocked off the Ravens as being interesting in some other contexts, you have that possibility. And then instead of using your final round pick, on Rashad Bateman, you can go in a different direction and you have a stronger pick in round six than Jamison Williams. The issue and, and, you know, kind of the back and forth that you're looking at here is that the Green Bay Packers don't have a great situation for advancing in any individual round. And so you look at the fact that the Packers and the Lions are not going to face each other in round two. And you think, well, maybe because they don't face anybody. Right? <laughs> They're gone. But you're drafting these teams with the potential to win the contest if the scenario plays out the way that you're looking for. So I love the fact that we have a Ravens team that is set properly. Off of that, we have Jameer Gibbs and Jamison Williams, who 
with Laporta out, you know, maybe you have Williams as a bigger piece, and certainly you're expecting Gibbs to take up some of the slack there. So if the Lions flash and they're able to take out the trendy Los Angeles Rams, then suddenly you're back into the situation where I think you actually do like their chances against Dallas. Not saying that they're going to be favored, but obviously the Cowboys, when you look at a lot of these drafts, I mean, CD Lamb, the number two overall pick, you're getting Dak Prescott early. And this one, you get Lamb, Prescott, and Pollard all together. You're going to get better prices on the Lions and for obvious reasons, but the Lions still work. So you have a Super Bowl roster that is appealing. You have Rasheed Rice in a situation where, you know, if you have Packers Chiefs as the eventual Super Bowl, then you're looking at a scenario where maybe, you know, those are the guys who win. And again, that's pretty unlikely, but to have Rice off of that, to have Rice as a piece there that helps you for advance and balances this team properly, I do like that. And the, the flip side of having these three Packers is that while there's the possibility or the strong likelihood that it doesn't help you as much in other ways. I do think it gives you a great chance to get this Ravens oriented team through. And certainly you're going to be facing other Ravens teams to get through later on in the contest. You're trying to figure out, you know, how is your Ravens team going to stack up against those for it to stack up? Well, you know, you're going to need to have Gibbs and Williams be some pieces there, but it's a good balance for me. I like the fact that we have the Ravens heavy and then the four teams total in a way that makes sense where again if we get the right outcomes in the first round these teams are not going to face off in round two either and so from that perspective i love how we look here it's difficult and that's one of the things that makes this puzzle so interesting right now is that with the eagles and the dolphins collapsing with the laporta injury changing the lions dynamic everything is pushed up into those five other teams it's going to be difficult to get the exposure to them in the ways that you might want you're going to have to find some other solutions and i think that we've done that in this draft yeah and we hadn't talked about the Packers side of it at all you know before the show or at any of our other drafts i think this is the first one that we've gotten and drafted some Packers. so i think we've pivoted very well to be able to you know meet the requirements that we would have set out before the draft some of the things looking back you know, we took rice and I, I did say at the time you know for the players there he for me is clearly the my most preferred target and in terms of like the ffpc contest now i think he's going to be somebody who's a great pivot to lower ownership for particular players if people are looking to diversify there but likely did go then before it went back so we take rice at pick 21 likely goes to pick 26 i was very confident that he was going to come back and get back to us because his adp is usually around the, the sixth round so he goes two picks ahead of us and that's why we went to gus edwards and hindsight uh, I, i'm always comfortable when we talk through these things of it you know because i was not in the mindset of taking likely at that pick and i think what we would do in these drafts is try and let it come to us rather than than chase it so i think again we missed out on likely and i think that was unfortunate but in hindsight any feeling that you would have wanted to take likely over rice there yeah, I, I think that you can build it that way and you can stay with the three teams. You get more powerful on the Ravens side. If you're going to go ahead and select the Packers, then you're betting on them to blow up 
in this round. And even if they don't win, which you do need, but if they don't win, they score a lot of points. I actually don't see a very clear path for them to not score well this week. I think Cowboys Packers is a shootout that not that the final score will necessarily be closer than people think, but there are more paths to them winning that game than I think most of the current models, projections, lines, what have you are giving you. So that's one of the things that makes it a little more appealing. One of the things that you can do here is go ahead and make sure you have Jared Goff in round seven. That's something that will again, keep you with the three teams. You select Jared Goff. Maybe you come back and take a Laporta in round nine or 10. Again, the problem there is that Laporta doesn't work that well with the Ravens because you're adding an additional non-buy player who isn't going to play in this round. So that's the problem with having Ravens-Lions. Again, we have to balance some of those types of things. If this is a, a draft where the Cowboys players are falling where you have a shot at Tony Pollard instead of Jameer Gibbs in round three. Now Pollard is not nearly as appealing as a one game in a one game type of situation. He would be more appealing when you think through how you can then add Brandon cooks and Jake Ferguson at prices that are very palatable and the Cowboys are more likely to get through and accomplish some of those other objectives. The flip side of it is that, you know, you're not going to have Dak Prescott, and you're hoping to get a Jared Goff-based team. So as we work through there, I think that if for no other reason this draft is helpful because it allows us to see the complications, the contradictions that occur when you're trying to work through a Ravens team and you have the buy and you have to be able to successfully build off of that. But one of the things that I do like is it gives you the flexibility to go with the Rams. I think that probably the thing that you really want to do here is simply take Kyron Williams instead of Jameer Gibbs. That was the hardest question that we had to determine because when you take Williams, then you still have the path to taking multiple intriguing receivers. You see that Puka and, as the, and, and that was one that I kind of leaned towards. So I'll take the the hit for that. But as the draft progressed, Sean, you know, all I could see every time a pick was coming up was Puka was staring at us, and then Cup was staring at us, and you could have those three pieces if we had a, and we would have went that direction. You know, if we take. Uh, Gibbs over Williams, which was a three-pick difference. Then we're probably taking Puka over Gus and seeing what comes back. And then we'd have passed on Jameson. Well, we would have missed out on Cup actually before the Jameson William pick. But then if we take Puka over Gus Edwards, then we're missing out on the additional piece for the the Raven. So that's the fun thing about a contest like this when it's in the draft format. Is every time you move one brick you have to like it, it's not just as easy as slotting them back into to place the other thing sean with the packers team we did we did fill it out obviously with a, a raven and bateman at the very end for people who maybe are drafting and they're optimistic that the packers could spring an upset after hearing sean say not that they'll spring an upset but there's some paths to victory you know those four players sean at the end and also going undrafted in this christian watson there's a lot of options for some of these later teams one of the other teams that you had mentioned in the article was the the Texans. There's some of these teams where you can get a lot of pieces for the wild card round and those last couple of rounds. If you've built your draft in a certain way and you've seen in this 
how when we were going through it then it's a situation where we miss out in golf and we have to pivot very very late some of those teams that you're able to build a pretty deep team stack but it may be one that only is to try and advance you through this week but the advantage then is if those wildcard teams do spring that upset you're heading into week two with a, an almost full lineup with the the ravens coming off the bye as well this was a, a fun exercise i love doing these teams with you as i mentioned on some of our pods to close 2023 my drafts with you and underdog during the regular season advanced at an extremely high rate so this gives me a shot to win the gauntlet to the fifty thousand dollar first place i appreciate you doing with this with me always so much fun to have these co-drafts on overtime yeah i had to laugh there sean it's like uh i know it's like trying to get some like irish shamrocks or something give some good luck towards these these drafts hopefully this team does hit We'll see. We advanced you on a lot of teams. We didn't hit any of the big prizes over at Underdog. That is what we're going to try and do with this one. If you are playing over to Underdog Fantasy, you can use the promo code RotoBiz. That gets you a 100% sign up bonus up to $100. We'll be back post the Super Wildcard weekend with our recap show. And again, I mentioned this uh, in some of the previous episodes, and I had some people reach out with suggestions already. Any you know subject matter, anything you'd like to see over the next couple of months i guess as we head towards the nfl draft through the playoffs here on rotoviz over time send an email over our way at rotoviz radio at gmail.com or let me know on twitter at overtime ireland i also mentioned about anyone that people may be interested in seeing as a guest over the offseason let us know we'll try and see what we can do with some of those suggestions again share them over to us that is going to do it for today's show. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtomorrowland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. I will link the article that we mentioned at the start of the show in today's show notes. You can check that out as well over on rotoviz.com. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.